Welcome, friends. You found the Out of the Ordinary podcast. I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm Christy Purifoy. And this is the place where we believe that the very best stories grow out of the soil of ordinary life. A few of my favorite ordinary things are hitting snooze on the alarm clock, hot coffee with heavy cream, and a new local cafe with great writing spots. Lisa Joe, I love wrapping up in a cozy cardigan, going for long walks on cold afternoons, and warming up around a real fire. All right, friends, here's today's conversation. Get comfy. Here we go. I think this particular episode of the Out of the Ordinary podcast is a really big deal. (laughs) (laughs) Which, and you know, that's very unusual for us to say any the words like big deal. (laughs) It's very out of our vocab. Which is funny because last week we were were talking about words. We're not about big. We're not about more. (laughs) We're we're not planting those small seeds and celebrating our ordinary life. But Lisa Joe, sometimes ordinary life feels a little extra. And I think today this podcast episode is a little extra and I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, The truth is we have a gift to give our listeners, to give our community of listeners. I'm very excited about it. I want to tell everyone all about it. I'm going to hold myself back now because the other thing about this podcast is that we tell stories. We, We don't just pronounce things. Uh, We don't show up with our clear ideas. This is what I think, and this is what we're going to preach to everyone. We don't. We let those truths reveal themselves to us and to our listeners (laughs) at the same time as we trade stories. We, I feel like what we're doing in these conversations is digging. We are digging and we are searching for something true and good to offer our listeners, which means we show up and we don't always know what we're going to offer. But I think today we know. We do know. (laughs) I'm excited. I feel like a little kid. We (laughs) know. And I'm going to do that terrible thing where I leave our listeners sort of on the edge of their seats wondering, what is it? What's it all about? But we have to do the work of the stories first, because while we we know what we're offering. I have a feeling as we talk about it, as we dig into these stories, we'll discover more. And by the end, no doubt you and I will even be surprised um, to a certain extent about the truth of what it is that we have planned for our listeners and, and what we're creating together to give them. So I think we do the stories first and we see where it leads us. But if you're wondering, listeners, whether to tune into this one, tune in. Do it. <laughs> and part of the fun of the stories is not just a delaying tactic. Inviting you into, into today's stories is really actually, what do the kids say today? The BTS, it's behind the scenes, because each of these stories was our own experience that led us to the discovery of what we want to give you at the end of this podcast. So the stories all serve a purpose, and we lived them out over the last few months, and now you get to experience them all here strung together. You can walk through each of these stories until you arrive at the conclusion that took us months to get to. You're going to get it in a condensed nutshell today. So that being said, we are in January right now, the beginning of a new year. But as we all know, if you're in the middle of a school year, it's the middle of the year. And I experienced that for the first time when I came to the States, the strange thing of a a year that begins in August and ends in May and has December as this break in the middle. And The nice thing about having a break over December, especially when I was here for college, is that if it was long enough, I could fly home for Christmas. 
And that, of course, was always everything about that was magical. One of Christy's words from last week from our 15 favorite words. But it was magical for so many reasons, one of which is that I would fly out of the East Coast covered in a blanket of snow and ice and freezing cold. And I would arrive in midsummer in South Africa. I would get off the plane and I'd be so pasty pale and all my family would be tanned and dark and having been out at the pool or the beach. And um, December and January is actually the South African equivalent of summer, seasonally speaking, but it's also their summer vacation for school. So it's their long break. They're off for several months. So everybody has traveled. They've taken their family vacations. And then I would arrive in the middle of it for Christmas. And I remember many a Christmas Eve being sunburned to a crisp because I hadn't put on enough sunscreen because I wasn't expecting it to be so hot. And we'd be in the malls, Christy, and they'd be playing, you know, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas while it's like 95 degrees outside. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing about January is January meant saying goodbye to all of that, Hmm. packing my big winter coat back up again and flying back to the States. And I got to tell you, that re-entry from summer, warmth, familiarity, food, family, back into the cold climate of often feeling like the odd person out, the foreigner returning to her campus, was difficult. And I discovered that a lot of my American friends to a degree, experienced some of that as well, because some of them were coming from far away as well. I had friends from the West Coast who would be coming back. So they've also been in California with its warm weather. They're coming back to the East Coast. There are other friends who weren't able to go home for certain reasons who were on campus all year. So there were people who understood that kernel of homesickness. But what was new to me is this discovery that American parents did this incredibly magical and moving thing where they would mail their children a word that I only became familiar with when I was 20 as a freshman in college, a care package. Ah, (laughs) Everything about that word is like home and warmth and snuggles and comfort and love, a care package. And I know this because I remember going with my friends, Sarah and Nicole, one time down to the little post office on campus, and they got a slip saying you have to go to the window to get your package. And I remember them getting these literally like brown paper packages tied up with string and full of their favorite things. These huge packages jumping up and down and squealing. We wouldn't even get back to the dorm. I mean, I remember us just walking upstairs to the dining hall and them just ripping into those bad boys. And anytime someone got a care package, everybody else would just crowd around, right? Like ravenous hyenas to see what they could get out of the care package. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, it's how I discovered Red Vines. Are you familiar with that candy? Oh, sure. So Twizzlers, I've learned there's a difference. My California Mm -hmm. friends were very clear to point this out to me. So on the East Coast, you can buy Twizzlers. But on the West Coast, they ate Red Vines, which are like Twizzlers, but apparently fancier or better tasting. And so their mom had sent them all these Red Vines. And you can actually get them in that huge, like a container so big, you can almost put your arms around it 
full of these red vines that would live in our dorm room then. And anybody would come in and grab red vines and then get lectured <laughs> on how great California is from our friends. It's so <laughs> wonderful. And there'd be red vines. There'd be socks. There'd be your favorite candies. There might be your favorite microwave popcorn. Like pretty much things you could buy at the drugstore down the road. You know, you could go to CVS and buy it. But there's like something so magical when someone mails you all of your favorite things. You you feel seen. You feel cherished. You feel missed. You feel thought of. And of course, I live in South Africa. There's no way someone's mailing me a care package. It would cost hundreds of dollars. It wouldn't be worth it at all. But when I had been home for Christmas, I had told my father all about the magic and the mystery of the American college care package. (laughs) And his heart, of course, as a parent, I understand now, had sort of felt that ache. And he had told me how he wishes he could buy me a care package and how he would send me one if he could. And It was a very sweet moment. And I remember one day he and I were walking in the mall and we were doing Christmas shopping. And no, South Africa is known for its incredible gold and diamond industry. And if you are ever thinking of buying an engagement ring and you happen to be in South Africa, that is the place you want to get it because you're going to get an incredible price and just stunning design. They just are incredibly gifted with their jewelry. So beautiful. And so one of our favorite things to do anytime we were in a mall was just when you're walking by jewelry stores is just look in the window displays because everything is lit up and it's so pretty. And they would do really interesting things with rings. Um, you know, In America, you tend to have a wedding ring kind of on a thin band and a diamond set up in the claws. I don't know if that's the technical term. It's very pretty. Um, but in South Africa, often what they would do, even to this day, it's quite a popular style. The band is quite thick, so maybe half an inch thick. And often the diamond is actually set in to the band, so it's flat. So if you were to run your hand across the band, there's no diamond sticking up. It's actually mounted in the body of the band in this very unique way. They have all kinds of ways of doing it. Sometimes the diamond will be surrounded by white gold and then in a you know, a yellow gold band. Um, Sometimes they'll do that with a pearl. They have these Marby pearls that are really popular in South Africa. So we're walking past this jewelry store and there was this ring that caught my eye, absolutely stunning, this thick, by thick, I mean wide, wide gold band with sort of an interesting uh, bevel to it, a design that looked like kind of waves on the band. And then it had this big Marby pearl set into the band. And, you know, as a 20... 21 year old, I just thought, oh my gosh, like that is the prettiest thing I have ever seen. I pointed out to my dad and we oohed and awed over it and talked about how much South Africa is so gifted with its jewelry and then kept walking. And, you know, fast forward several weeks and we go through Christmas and then he drops me off at the airport to say goodbye. And it's always so painful. My father used to stick those stickers that you put on luggage that could break, those fragile stickers. I remember him sticking one on his chest at customs when he was saying goodbye to me like he was fragile. I love and, that. Oh, I remember all those painful moments of like turning around and waving as many times as you can until you're out of sight. You know, first you go through customs and passport control and, you know, you can keep walking quite a distance into the departure area and still see and just be waving and waving. And my dad would just be crying as I went back to the States. So this is a long way of telling you when I arrived back to America one January and my friends had come back with all kinds of gifts or sometimes even um, their parents would send them a care package to be waiting for them when they arrived back at campus. Like there's the first thing they'd want to do is go check for mail because their parents had sent them a care package. 
And um, I remember being in my dorm room and it's cold, man. It's hard to be back and unpacking my luggage and putting my clothes away. And when I got to the bottom of my suitcase, Christy, <gasps> I could get choked up telling the story. There was this little brown package and a note from my father with this card. And he had written across the package in his black doctor's handwriting with his, you know, quill tip pen. He actually has one of those ink quill pens and he had written care package in big letters. And then there was a card from him saying he wanted to be able to send me back with a care package too. And maybe every time I wore this, I would know that he had given me a care package and I unwrapped it and there was a jewelry box. And when I opened it, there was the ring, the gold ring with this beautiful Marby pearl set into it. I tell you, I don't know when last I had ever been that shocked, but also felt that seen Mm -hmm. and that loved. And I literally wore that ring. I've worn it forever since then. And I cried and I laughed and I showed my friends and I, they agreed it was better than red vine candy. (laughs) But it was that moment of having someone from home say, I want to send you something where you are so you get to carry a piece of home with you. And to this day, when I hear the words care package, I can picture that brown paper and I know how it made me feel to receive it from home. Lisa Joe, I can't believe I've never heard that story. I, I realized as I was telling it, I don't think Christy knows this story. I don't. That is precious. That is so beautiful. Unfortunately, I'm going to not elevate. What is the opposite of elevate? De- <laughs> de-elevate the whole tone of our conversation. <laughs> no, you're going to compliment it. You're going to po- compliment it. We need both. I don't know. <laughs> well, okay. So maybe it's just because I've never lived so far from home. I think that is, I mean, that's a precious story because you were living something that was hard. You were so far from home and I've never had that experience. But it's true. I also left home at a pretty young age. I was... Um, 20 when I finished college and got married. I wasn't, I was almost 21 and we left Texas and moved to Virginia. So I was young as well. And I can look back now and realize as eager as I had been to leave and experience new places, as eager as I had been to, you know, dive into marriage and a new life away from home, I too was often homesick. And we talk about food on this podcast a lot. (laughs) And I think often homesickness or attachment to places is really encapsulated in flavors. And and so there were things that I missed. So I didn't, you know, I didn't travel far. I went to college in my hometown. So I don't remember ever receiving a college care package, but that's just because I was 10 minutes from my parents' house and I could just drive home and have dinner with my parents anytime I wanted. But once I did leave home, there were a few things that I would sometimes ask for. And I can remember two in particular. Okay. So the first is that I would always ask for a particular brand of coffee, but it wasn't so much the the coffee, it's where it came from. So if we have any listeners who are Texans, then you will know my love for the H-E-B grocery store chain. <laughs> Which I'm just going to point out, I did not know you pronounced that H-E-B. When I've uh, seen people talk about it, I've always thought they're talking about Heb, like the Heb, Heb grocery store. <laughs> and people say H-E-B. I literally for years in America thought, the place was called Heb. 
It makes sense if you've never heard it spoken about, but no, it's H-E-B. And they have, like most grocery stores, I think, have their own branded products. But because everything about H-E-B is extra and special, their products are just the best. So (laughs) there's this one particular coffee. Oh my goodness, Lisa Joe. Now as I'm talking about it, um, there are I'm realizing there are I cannot access this right now, but there are people listening who will be able to listen to this podcast, leave their homes, drive to their nearest H E B and purchase (laughs) my favorite taste of San Antonio whole bean H E B coffee. (laughs) Now they know what to bring you you next time we're together. I love Taste of San Antonio coffee. It has, I think it must have some cinnamon in it. It's been a while actually since I tasted it, but I think it has a little cinnamon and um, it's just so, so good. So my mom would send me Taste of San Antonio. My in-laws as well sometimes would bring that. And the other thing that you miss when you leave Texas is Bluebell ice cream. This I have heard you talk about quite yes, a bit. Yes, I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I grew up not far from Brenham, Texas, which is the home of Bluebell ice cream. My father's favorite thing to do when we were growing up uh, was to drive us over to the Bluebell ice cream factory and do the tour. I think because you would get free ice cream at the end. <laughs> so That's genius. You know, win-win. <laughs> But of course, you cannot. I mean, maybe there's some way now to send ice cream in a special freezer pack through the mail. I don't know. But of course, um, my parents could not send me Bluebell ice cream. And the thing about Bluebell is that it's limited. Its geographic region is intentionally limited. So you can buy it outside of Texas, but not very far outside of Texas. And so when I was in Virginia then, and then later when I lived in Chicago, um, you couldn't get Bluebell ice cream. But I remember once when I was living in Chicago, so you, our listeners, you know this, our listeners know this, I love to plan parties and gatherings. And I think that's always been true. And so I got this idea When we were living in Chicago, and I realize now it was an idea born of homesickness. I mean, what else? I decided I wanted to give a party with a Texas theme. I wanted to have some sort of Texas gathering. And I told my mom about that. And she sent, I really feel like it was the equivalent of a care package. She sent a box and I opened it up completely unexpected. And inside were... um, decorations for my Texas party. (laughs) I know. So she'd included um, this print of a barn with all the Texas spring wildflowers around it. It had some faux flowers and the faux flowers were the um, blue bonnets and Indian paintbrushes that are everywhere in the spring along the highways. And also two cleaned out, emptied, Bluebell ice cream containers. Now, the containers for Bluebell ice cream are really iconic. So if you've never seen them, you would just think, why would she send you an ice cream cardboard container? But they have, they're just very special. They don't look like any other kind of ice cream container. So they're just clearly, obviously, Bluebell containers. They have these special, they would do this thing where the lid would have a different color rim And it would signify their most popular flavors. So the vanilla, which of course is always going to be the, you know, one of the most popular would have a gold rim around its lid. I'm thinking, I don't know if they still do this. There would be like silver and bronze, I think. (laughs) And then just regular brown maybe. (laughs) Um, But I definitely remember the gold rim of the bluebell vanilla um, lid. 
So she couldn't send me ice cream, but she could at least send me the containers that I could use for whatever to put flowers in or serve other snacks in or, or, you know, whatever I wanted to do. Lisa Joe, I think if I went looking in my cupboard downstairs, I actually, I'm sure of it. No, I could go down right now. I can show you. I still have those Bluebell ice cream containers. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Wow. What did you use them for at the party? Did you fill them with something or were they just decorative? You know, I don't even remember. I do not remember. I know we had barbecue and I probably just had them on the table as like a centerpiece. I think I probably put the faux Texas wildflowers in them. I should look for a picture. It'd be fun if we could include that in our behind the scenes email or something, but I don't remember. I don't remember. And yet I still have those containers, which tells you that it meant so much to me that even though they are just old ice cream cartons, (laughs) I've never gotten rid of them. (laughs) I love that. I love that because see, we're getting closer to revealing what it is that we are creating for our community because this idea of sending something from home that means a lot to you For us here on the podcast, when we think about what is home to this community, we really do think about the Maplehurst Black Barn as being home. And for the nearly year and a half, Christy and I have been doing this podcast, what we've talked about more than anything is this idea of wanting to have people inhabit the actual space with us. And really, the the corollary is, if you can't be here, what is it that we can send to you? You know, what Mm -hmm. can we give you from home so that you can open it up and feel like, oh my gosh, it's something from the Black Barn. And, you know, we have an actual word for that in South Africa. When you send something, when you take food with you from home. And um, so a care package is something you send to somebody from home. But then if you're traveling a distance, there's when you're, you know, so back in the day before there was rest stops all along the highway every few miles. I remember traveling in South Africa in my childhood where there was nothing. And I'm curious if it was like this in the States, because what we would have if there was like a sign for a rest stop, either it'd be like a gas station and all it had was gas. There's nothing else there. Maybe a toilet if you're lucky. But often there would be these little signs that showed a picnic area, like it would be an Mm -hmm. actual road sign and it would show a little umbrella and some chairs. And then if you pulled over, that's what there was. Like there would be like wooden tables and little chairs. Sometimes it's like those cement stools, you know, that you can't move that are just Mm -hmm. built up as part of the table. And then you could stop there and essentially have your food, like stop for your snack. And um I remember, it's funny, the memories that stick with us, how vivid this is. So my grandmother, so my dad's mom, she grew up on a huge sheep farm and that's what they lived on my dad's whole life. And she helped her husband farm. And, you know, she's of the generation where you did everything yourself, like sort of those pioneer folk, right? You bake all your own bread, you raise your cattle and your chicken, you milk your cows, you make all your own food. Like when you're out on a farm, there's no going to into town like 45 minutes to an hour away in a car. Um, but when, before you had cars to go in, it was even a longer drive. So she was of the generation where you made everything yourself. And so I remember her packing meals for us when we would take road trips um, and she'd be with us. And there's this she it's so funny the picture I have in my mind. I can I can literally picture it, Christy. Like you can picture your bluebell containers. She had this big white Tupperware that was like a huge rectangle. And she had made finger food and it was these little chicken salad sandwiches cut into triangles. I kid you oh. not. 
And then in order to keep it fresh, I'm guessing, or because it was just beautiful, she had cut up like shredded lettuce and sprinkled it like around the sandwiches. So when you opened up that container, it's like this beautiful work of art with these little finger food and the shredded lettuce and baby tomatoes placed around. And we would sit at the rest stop in the blazing sun and eat this meal that has this very unique name. In South Africa, they call that literally translated food for the road. So food that you eat on your journey. And the word for it is pat kos. Pat means road and kos means food. So it's road food. <laughs> but it's essentially food for the road. So you would always pack pat kos. You would take it with you. And it's the word, even if you're English speaking, there's one of those words that's just worked its way into the vernacular. So it's an Afrikaans mm. word coming from the Dutch originally. But um, English speakers use it all the time as well. And everybody knows what it means. It's putkos. And so even as a mm. child, then, if you were going on a sports trip or a school camp, then your mom would send you with putkos. The teachers would tell you, make sure you pack your own putkos. You need to have food with you to take with you from home. And so when we started thinking about this community, these were some of the ideas in our mind, you know, care package, course, we want to send something to them. And it's funny because these were some of the words we were playing around with when we were thinking of what to call, what mm-hmm. we're sending you. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was so funny because I had told Christy all about course. I told her this whole story. I shared this word. I said, did you think, do you think it's too obscure for our community to get hold of? And I love how when you told John about it, what his response was, what he was like, oh, that's like, I'll let you oh, tell it. Oh, that's right. I'd it's forgotten. so funny. <laughs> that's right. He immediately said, like Limbus? <laughs> he was thinking of the elven bread the from the Lord of the Rings. Bread, the yeah. way, yeah, way bread that the elves carry on their journeys and they share with the hobbits and how, uh, what is it that Legolas says, you know, one one bite is enough yes. to keep a grown man going or for days or something. And the hobbits, of course, have like gobbled all their limbus. <laughs> I know they ask, I think like Pippin asks Mary, how many have you had? And he's like yeah. six. <laughs> <laughs> right. So he heard Patkos and thought of limbus, which was lovely. We thought, well, that's a, maybe we call it that. But yeah, how did we? But we didn't. We Long didn't. Story short, we didn't. Why when, not? I'm trying we to remember. Were, well, we wanted it to be something that where the word came already packed with meaning. And mm. so for me, Patkos already has like a whole history behind it. But if you don't have access to that history, it's harder to understand what it means. And Lembus we liked too, but we of course felt like, well, maybe it's too married to Lord of the Rings and mm-hmm. we're not trying to <laughs> claim that kind of status for ourselves. And I think we kept coming back to when you visualize a care package, mm-hmm. the the picture, like we kept coming back to what the mental picture is That's right. um, of what you are unwrapping. And so we landed on this very visceral image that we think captures the feeling you get when you imagine essentially Lembus, Putkos, but really a care package from home. Close your eyes and see if you can picture this. The paper is brown and slightly glossy. It reminds me of the acorns I can't help collecting in my pockets in the autumn. The string is also brown and looks like any old twine from the hardware store. But when I reach for it and pull, I'm surprised at how silky it feels. The twine I keep on a roller in my garden shed is rough and scratches my hands when I use it. But this, this is a pleasure to hold, as if it has been waxed. Someone has taken her time wrapping this package. This is no ordinary paper. 
This is no ordinary string. This is a care package from the Black Barn Collective. And the care package is called? Paper and String. (laughs) The best name ever. You guys, we have created for you a virtual care package that comes from the Black Barn with love to all of our listeners. And it is called Paper and String. That's right, Lisa Joe. And I think what makes this so special for me is that this is a gift from us to our listeners, but this is a gift from a community. This place, the Black Barn, why we talk about it, why we love it, why we share it with others is because we feel like it's a place, like it's fertile soil for community to grow. And a community has begun to grow in this place. And so what this this care package, this paper and string that we want to send our community each month isn't only made by me and by you, although we've had a lot to do with it and we've written things for it and shared things in it, um, but there are others who are a part of creating this. So it's a it's a community offering. It's not just um, a Christy and Lisa Joe thing. And to me, that feels like the right next step. If this is a, a community that we're committed to growing here through this podcast and, and at the Black Barn, then it makes sense to me as well that the care package, that paper and string would be created by more than just than just the two of us. So the podcast we create, but paper and string we create with others, which I just love. And it's not just a newsletter. That's one of the things we want to really highlight for you. It isn't just another email newsletter. The idea behind it is that it speaks to all of your senses. So there are some specific ways that we're trying to do that. So when you unwrap this virtual care package, we hope it will speak to you in very tangible ways. That's right. It's almost, I think what I love about a care package is that it's not just, it's usually not just one thing, but it's a box full of other little boxes that you get to unwrap or other little packages that sort of fall out of the paper. So paper and string is that way as well. And so we'll invite you to savor little gifts within the gift. And those gift categories will be the same month after month. And they are read, listen, taste, grow, and gather. Those are the gifts we want to give you every month in paper and string. I have a little chill up my spine. I love them all so much. (laughs) And there's a beautiful community of artists, of creatives, of writers who've gathered to contribute to make paper and string a reality, something that we want to offer to you as a really unique subscription that you receive at the beginning of every month. So it will come out on the first day of every month. So the first care package is scheduled to arrive February First, which means you, our dear listeners, are getting an early preview of what is headed your way. And to make sure you do not miss it, please pause right now and go to outoftheordinarypodcast.com slash PS, <laughs> paper and string, but it's also like a little PS from us. We're sending you something special that we don't want you to forget from this specific place for you to take as food for the road, food to carry you through the week to get you through the month, to inspire, to help you feel seen and loved. And um, next week, we're going to talk about how you can join us to discuss what you find in paper and string. That's right, because we we don't just have paper and string, but we have a little something beyond that. Actually, it's not a little something. It's a big something, and it has to do with community. And I can't wait for part two of this conversation next week when we will tell more stories and we'll dive into that 
But first of all, wow, Lisa Joe, how fun after, you know, this year of podcasting to be at this place where working with others, we've just created a new thing to share with our listeners. This is it's this is really good. And we hope that along with the conversations you get from us every week, you will now look forward as we will to a paper and string care package arriving the first of every month. To those of you who join us in this fun new special bonus that we want to offer our community. So once again, it's out of the ordinary slash PS sign up right there. So you can be one of the first to be notified when paper and string shows up in your mailbox. If you enjoyed today's conversation, won't you take a moment right now, open up that podcast app and look for the subscribe button right next to our podcast profile image. And we think this podcast is best enjoyed with friends. So tell a friend, click share episode in your podcast app and send a friend our link. 